Well, hello again, friends and neighbors. This is the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I'm your host, and my name is Jason Kurtman, your other host on the other line, and I'm bringing up his mic just because it needs to be. Mr. Jim, don't call me late for dinner, Nelson. I couldn't come up with anything better, Jim. I had something don't, a while ago, but I lost it. Don't call me late for dinner. Yeah. I was, I was talking to a guy today who um, ha- was actually going by a different name than what he gave me on some forms, and he reminded me of the old commercial. I think it was a, a commercial for beer back in the 70s, and all I remember about it was, you can call me Jim, or you can call me Rob, or, you know. You can call me Ray, but yeah. don't you call me late for dinner. Do you remember that commercial? I think we I talked about that, that one. on one of the shows. Yep. So, um, Jim, I got to ask you. If your life was an engine right now, would it be a four-cylinder or a six-cylinder or an eight-cylinder? I'm going to go for 12 and say a Ferrari. Oh, that's right. They do have 12 cylinders. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> um, again, I rephrase the question. So the question being, um, how's life been treating you? And, of course, the customary answer I'm still doing better than I deserve. So I did rephrase the question. So uh, that works again, which was great last (laughs) week. Your reaction was fantastic last week because you were. What did I even say? I forgot. Uh, The question last week was on a scale of one to ten. How are you? How are you doing? And you said, uh, or how's life treating you on a scale of one to ten? And you said, (laughs) fourteen. And uh, yeah. So got to tell you. Oh, you know what? I. I attribute that to clean living and good company. Yeah? Yeah. I can't. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Usually I can come back with real fast quips. And I'm not I'm not hitting my mark tonight. Tonight. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, it is night. Because I keep thinking, this is weird, Jim. I'm not used to being up in a well-lit studio. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the time when my... When you bring my mic up, and my nickname is, it's worse than that, he's dead, Jim. Yeah, well, sometimes I can't hear you when I bring your mic up, so it's worse than that. He's death, Jim, yeah. <laughs> Which is not elicitating. That's not the word I'm I'm looking for. It's, it's not the uh, response I got earlier when I told you that joke. And um, I, I had to turn your mic almost completely off because the the laughter was just taking it off the needles. So that was a great joke, though. So uh, let's. uh, Oh, I got to tell you, this is fantastic. Um, The Biscuits and Gravy Show is now sponsored by SudsySoapery.com. I am. And and you're going to hear the ad that uh, later on in the show. But I have quit buying soaps and shaving cream at the stores. I've quit it. And now I'm doing what a lot of other people are doing. They've got a lot of customers. There's a lot of YouTube reviews on their products. It is one of the neatest things I've ever come across. And I got to tell you how I discovered it, Jim. When I was on vacation in August, I was using my dad's bathroom, um, and he had soap in the the shower. And he told me, feel free to use any of the soaps or shampoos or whatever product I wanted in there. I used the soap and loved it. Loved it. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. The shaving cream was what really impressed me. Um, just a shaving cream in a little tin, and I use the old-fashioned horsehair brush and, you know, mix up a good lather and brush it on my face like the old barbers used to use, and I absolutely got one of the cleanest shaves I've ever gotten 
the scent that it left on my face was very um, alluring. <laughs> don't know what ad- <laughs> I don't know what ad- pleasant. Uh, it was great. I loved it. Well, I met the guy in St. Louis that owns the company that produces those products. And I'm telling you, I, I am not one. I'm a guy. I'm a man. I, I talk about man cave, cars, motor oil on my hands. I'm that kind of guy. And firearms. And firearms. But now, I got to tell you, I kind of like the word aromatherapy. Um, when I use these products in the shower, I feel like I'm, and I, and I say this in the ad that I've produced for a couple of my shows, I have turned my bathroom into a spa. I can't say enough good things about this product that I love so much. And here's here's the good news. I'm, I'm promoting them for them. Uh, they are now sponsoring the show. If you go to their website, sudsysopery.com, you can also click on a link there to subscribe and get a monthly box. I love it. You can get one as cheap as $10. They will throw in two soaps and a sample of one of their other products every month. And you get to choose your soap, what you want. If you purchase anything, either the subscription or just anything, just put in the discount code. I love the discount code they come up with. It's it's just the word Jason. If you put that oh. in, yeah. If you put that in at checkout, you will get ten percent off. So don't just take my word for it, oily hands man, men out there, oily handed men out there. And that was weird. I don't know where that came from, but. <laughs> Try it for yourself. Working on cars. Yeah, men who work on cars. Machinery and and, and, and metal cutting. Now, they have some very feminine scents, but they have other stuff too that will really, uh, it'll make you feel good. I promise you. I promise you. One of the things that I did, and I told him about this, and he thought, I I never thought of that. One of the soaps I got, and I can't even pronounce the, the ingredient that's in it, but it was peppermint and patchouli or something like that. I actually took the when I when I had a beard up until earlier this week because I shaved it off. That's another story. Um, I would take say it isn't so. Yeah, I did. I did it for Halloween. But anyway, I that would, is scary. I would take the bar of soap and rub it into my beard, dry, no water or anything, and that the just tiny microscopic particles would stay in my beard. And it felt good, and I could still smell it throughout the day. Almost like a beard cologne. <laughs> beard cologne. Yeah. So, um, try it out. Discount code Jason. I know what I'm getting, folks, for Christmas. Let me put it that way. Besides you, you I've guys... already got something picked out for you. Oh, good heavens. Yes. And she's coming from Russia. No, I'm just kidding. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, hey, um, have you heard any good stories this week, Jim? Oh, goodness any, gracious. Any current events you want to comment on? Anything besides a drive-by fruiting? A drive-by fruiting? Um, oh, goodness. I don't know. I don't know. The only th- It's not really a story. It's more of a joke. Well, not so much a joke. More wishful thinking. Uh-huh. Would really like to be able to vote for a zombie Reagan Trey Gowdy ticket. Yeah. Yeah, see? See? You're feeling me now, aren't you? I, I think Trey Gowdy could really um, pull it off with some zombie makeup, too. He's got that gray hair, you know, and. Right, and a little. I, th- a little white powder on the nose. face, you know? He, it might do him yeah. some good. I don't know. I don't know. 
So, yeah, that, that would be quite a ticket. You know, Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, that's the big night. Yep. That's the big night. A lot of us will be staying up praying, possibly rejoicing, or maybe even crying. It's going to be a big night. I, I got to tell you this, Jim, I will be at our local county clerk's office doing live coverage of the elections with my good friend Mike Shinneberry. And uh, Mike Shinneberry... He does a local radio station, uh, radio program Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. Really good show, um, especially when he has me on as a guest. I hope that doesn't sound too arrogant or vain, but I love doing his show. Um, we do a lot of, I, I go there, I'm his holiday go-to guy. We do a lot of holiday trivia and stuff. Uh, and, and I absolutely love it. We're gonna work on a series next year. This is our intention. Um, something along the lines of, um, Mysteries of Alamogordo, or either Mysteries of Otero County. And it's going to cover everything from unsolved murders, paranormal activity, um, and possibly we are going to even try to dig up some Nazi stories that took place right here in Alamogordo. A lot of people don't know this, but there was a lot of Nazis in Alamogordo, not during World War II, but after. Would you have any guess as to why, Jim? I have a guess. Lay it on me, brother. Here's my guess. Okay. My guess is is that because they had the nuclear testing in that area. Oh, you're getting you're yeah, yep. We were we were bringing in scientists from Zephotoland. Well, you're close. The nuclear program uh, wasn't covered by Nazis, but it was, for the most part, I, I think there was one German uh, gentleman involved, but he was uh, he was a U.S. citizen and was not involved in the... He wasn't a Nazi. He was a German. It was after World War II. It was when they were working on the space program... And also, uh, just at the birth of that, there was Colonel uh, John Stapp, who broke the, broke the land speed record on a speed track that they built here in Alamogordo. And a lot of the Nazis worked on that. Matter of fact, the lady I work with, her father was one of the, from what I understand, the main designers of the speed track itself. Now, I'm not going to get into that too deep because... I don't have a lot of evidence. I'm just hearing rumors, but we are going to be checking that out. Some of these Nazis, not all of them, there is speculation that they were still loyal to the Nazi party while they were here. I don't know if that's true. That's my disclaimer. That is a rumor that I have heard from two different places, unconfirmed. We're going to see if we can find that out. There's more to that story. That would be a very interesting, very interesting story. So... That's one of the things Mike Shinneberry and I will be working on, hopefully, the uh, the end of this year or the first part that of next year. Um, Jim, did you did you take your kids out trick-or-treating? Uh, or do you abstain they, from that from that immoral holiday, as some I, would say? I'm gentle about that because I realize that people, different people have different convictions on that. Sure. My, myself... Because I I know people that on the basis of conviction abstain from Christmas. Yeah, I do too. And and, and I'm I'm not talking about anybody that's edge of the envelope. I'm talking 
right. independent, fundamental Baptist people, and, and they go, well, how in the world could you celebrate the Saturnalia, and, and you have no problem abstaining from Halloween, but you'll celebrate the Saturnalia, and I go, okay, in America we call it Christmas. Yep, yep. And the reason that I make a differentiation is because if you pointed out that Christmas was a pagan holiday, nobody knows the difference. Right. Well, that doesn't make a difference. No, it most certainly makes a difference because culturally, um, yeah, Christmas is substantially more divorced from its pagan origins than Halloween right. is. And here- Nobody looks at Halloween and says, oh, what a wonderful Christmas holiday. They don't. Or, 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 or wonderful Christian, Christian holiday. holiday. Yeah. Um, but, but when you say that uh, Christmas was based on the Saturnalia, people yeah. look at what in the world are you talking about? Well, um, here, here's how I look at it. I had a Messianic Jewish friend, and I say that lightly because a lot of these Messianic Jews aren't Jews. They're just wanting to. I call them wannabes. Um, some of them are. Yeah, yeah. But he he told me. Uh, well, he doesn't celebrate Christmas because that's not how you should worship uh, Yahweh. And, and uh, that's, you know, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is worship? It's, and he says, well, it's praise and honoring God and, and giving him admiration. I said, so where does worship come from? Where does it come from? Where does it originate? When you worship God, where does it originate? Well, in the heart. Okay, so if you worship God in the heart, what does Christmas have to do with it? except for how you're worshiping, what you're thinking of as Christmas is to you. I understand that there may be some pagan ties to it. I also understand that it is not the actual birth date of Christ, but we celebrate it as such because that's the day that tradition has appointed, and that's, you know, that's just a day to remember that's when Christ was born. That's all there is to it. And and technically, it should be every day. But that's the day we set aside every year to make it a special day. Hey, let's not forget, Christ our Savior was born, not necessarily today, but he was born, and this is the day we're going to celebrate it. And to me, worship from the heart, as it is tied into any holiday, comes from the heart, not not necessarily from uh, historical origin. That's worship. that's no, my you're opinion. absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And here's another thought. Okay, so if we're going to abstain from an observance of a particular holiday on the basis of we're not supposed to worship God on that day, right? I'm sorry. Which day did He not make? Right. Yep. And aren't I supposed to worship Him every day? Yep. Exactly. So you know, and the apostle. Let's let's be okay. Well. That's, that's me playing a bunch of logic. Let's be bib- biblical about this. The Apostle Paul comments on this. Right. And he, and he says that, uh, pardon me, this is the Jim Nelson perversion. Um, but the, but the Apostle Paul I won't Paul edit comments, that out and make a separate uh, podcast of that. You know. Oh, great. Pardon me, this is the Jim Nelson perversion. Okay. No, I know what yeah, you mean. Uh, perversion of the Bible. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> um, um, the Apostle Paul comments on this very thing. And the fact that it actually entered into Scripture right. really should settle the conversation. Okay. Authoritatively. And what he said was, is that if one man, if one man believes that he, uh, should honor God on a particular day, to him that day is holy. Right. And another man 
abstains from that day, or, or another man believes that he should worship God every day. Let every man, and now this is where we're getting closer to an actual King James uh, rendition. Let every man be fully convinced in his own mind. To him that abstain, let him abstain unto the Lord. Right. To him that, that partakes, let him partake unto the Lord. Yep. Which comes back to what you said. Where does it originate? In the heart. In the heart. Yep. All right. Anyway, Jim, I got I to gotta get back. I, I was asking about Halloween for this reason. Um, yes. Did you hear about this guy that was, he had his little daughter on the airplane. Uh, I believe she was about six years old, and it was Halloween evening. Um, no, I'm sorry. She was three years old. Um, her name was Molly, and because it was Halloween, they could not trick-or-treat as a family. So this guy brought along a bag of candy and snuck it to all the passengers. With the, Each one got a note with a piece of candy that explained, hey, we can't trick-or-treat with my little daughter, so she's going to come down the aisle with the bag and say, trick-or-treat, would you drop this candy into her bag? If you don't feel comfortable doing that, just give the candy back to me. So the little girl was able to trick-or-treat on the airplane in the air. Now, I think the guy wins, like, Dad of the Year award myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, sub I, I would have never have thought to do that. I think that's fantastic. So anyway, no, kudos, kudos to that dad. Two so. thumbs up. Yep. Speaking of dads, here's, here's a dad thing that some folks can do. And you might even have one, Jim. Do you own or do you have a fire pit? I do. Do you? What's it? What's it made out of? What's the construct? What's it look like? What's the construction of it? It's it's round, <laughs> and it's got. Oh well, no! I had a pyramidal one. Yeah. <laughs> of all things, a square. At any rate, it's round. Uh, it's got a mesh lid on it. Uh huh. Uh, that you can take off and on. It's got a handle that runs around the outside. Um, and it's got four legs to keep it up off the ground. Okay. Well, I found a website, and it's uh, by woodhome.com, and I'm going to put a link to it on our blog uh, at ourfantasticwebsite.com. I love that domain oh, fantastic name. Ourfantasticwebsite.com. Yes. All right. So, anyway, this website, it's got over like 38 ways to make your own fire pit and some of them are really cool and some of them are really redneck the the biggest <laughs> the biggest redneck one there is actually made out of a shopping cart uh it's got pretty good grates around and everything it just looks redneck you know <laughs> the other one which is cool it actually looks like a commercial fire pit but it's made out of the tub, the drum of a dryer. I've seen those before, and it's good. I think that's pretty cool because this has already got the holes around it and everything. It's it's you, basically just painted matte black and and got four legs on it. You know what? You know where I've seen that? Where at? When I've gone camping, really? And they would have overflow spaces that didn't have fire pits. Uh huh. And they would they would bring these things out, and it was like, nope, we got overflow spaces. There you go, and well, there's your fire pit. I'm thinking here's a, here's an idea. This is uh, something that's pretty neat. I think if somebody had like a stock of these dryer tubs, it could probably make some money with it. Paint it, put little metallic uh, ornaments on it, you know, cutouts, and weld them onto the side or whatever. 
Um, that good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, uh, the link will be in the in the log. It's pretty cool. There's there's others that are just made out of bricks and um, stones and and they look professionally made. Pretty neat. One one here is just a big metal square box. Um, I've seen them made out of um, tire rims too. Pretty neat. Yep, seen that. So anyway, I'll put a link up to that. Pretty pretty cool. I'd I'd love to build one of those. I I in the yard. I don't know how my landlord would react. Um, but anyway, we, I'm I may get one that sits out there instead of is built into the yard. So fire pit. My my parents bought one not too terribly long ago, and last year um, I didn't have a fire pit, but I had one of those old portable those old portable barbecue grills. Uh, it was like the square kind with the little lid that comes off. And folks, if you're hearing some noise in the background, let me interrupt. Uh, we just got a huge rainstorm here. So if you're hearing that in the background, there's not much I can do about it. Uh, I don't think you can because I don't think it's coming through my headphones yet. Uh, just coming in through the mic, and that's why Jim's hearing it. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, fire pits. I, I took one of those barbecue grills and... We kind of used it as a small makeshift fire pit to, to do some s'mores on. I didn't use charcoal. I just put a couple of pieces of small wood in there, and, and that worked good, too. Seth really wanted s'mores that night. So, um, speaking of cooking on the grill and stuff, um, have, have you ever had grilled venison? Just curious. Not grilled venison, no. No? Um, my brother and I smoked some venison when I was home back in August, but uh, this is interesting. Arby's Roast Beef Sandwiches. You, you're familiar with the Arby's restaurant, right? Yeah. Well, they are now making deer, not all of them, but some of the restaurants are, are providing customers with deer burgers at Arby's. I find That, that is in interesting. It is interesting. Would you, would you buy and try one if they had one in I your would, area? I would try one. That that's that's intriguing enough. I think I'd have to. I I would try it, but what I'm hearing from this story is that um, the PETA organize, organization is furious about it. Absolutely furious. So, well, of course they are. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so much worse to take an animal that has actually enjoyed its life out in the wild and to kill it. Instead of letting it be die a natural death by coyote, yeah. To to shoot it and put it out of its misery quickly and serve it up because PETA really means people eating, eating tasty, tasty animals. animals. <laughs> yes. I got to tell you, I sh I shot a coyote one time. I did. I was uh in Missouri and there was a wounded one on the side of the road. I was way out on a gravel road in back country. I had a little 9mm pistol with me, and this thing was wounded, so I thought, well, I'm just going to dispatch it and put it out of its misery. I made the mistake. First of all, I didn't have any hearing protection in, in, in my ears, which is a bad thing if you're shooting, you know, at a, at a range. You definitely don't want to do that if you're target shooting. But the occasional single shot, you know, it'll hurt a little bit, maybe, but it's not going to cause permanent damage to you. It shouldn't. But if you fire that round from inside a vehicle, oh goodness, have you ever done that? <coughs> no. Imagine going into a very small cave 
and having a stick of dynamite or a firecracker that would make just as loud a noise but not cause any physical, you know, it won't rip shroud shreds of flesh off of you. That's kind of the experience. I believe it. Uh, it. It was, and I, you know, people use the word deafening as um, a figure of speech. I'm not using it as a figure of speech. It is deafening. And uh, you will have well, a sharp that, pain. Yeah. It, well, you're not at that level. You're not just dealing with the sound. Right. But the You're dealing with massive gas expansion. Percussion. When, when the, yeah, when that gunpowder is trying to massively expand, and it's doing so inside of an in relatively enclosed space of the cab of your vehicle. Right. Oh, yeah. I bet you had trouble hearing. Yep. Speaking of explosions. Boy, what a segue. This is funny. We're just going right down the tracker. <laughs> this Irish weather girl played a prank recently on live television. It was done with the use of computer-generated graphics. Um, I'm pulling this up on the, on the website. Now, people really were upset about this. She apparently was giving the weather and said that there's a lot of lightning going on. It's getting really bad. And then through the use of computer-generated graphics, lightning struck her and she fell to the ground. Oh, no. It was, <laughs> it was just a Halloween prank. And um, I, I give her kudos for being brave enough to do something like that live on the air. Um, right. I think it's hilarious. It would it would scare me. I wouldn't laugh at first. I'll admit, I would not laugh. I'd be concerned for this poor Irish lassie um, that had experienced the electrocution of nature. Uh, but then, after I found out it was a joke, you know, I'd I'd be like, hey, that's that's hilarious. Okay, you got me. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Have have you ever played a joke on anybody with that such? with such magnitude oh the only the only thing like that i ever did and this is what earned me the nickname that you call me by jim the redheaded irish ninja yes yes one yes. of many nicknames <laughs> only because you're so generous well you don't um, know about them all oh great <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> so hey I got lots oh, of no, nicknames myself. One. Anyway, that was a hot one. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I had a, had a pretty pretty good ability to sneak up on people. Yeah, but that was, but that was it. Um, no, I, I, not a huge one for practical jokes usually, but you know when you're on the media, it's like, hey, all bets are off, man. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, um, I, I've played some practical jokes in my time. Um, I'm trying to remember a good one right now. Um, we, cops are really good about playing practical jokes on each other. Um, I told a guy one time, one of, one of my, uh, fellow officers, I was pulled up into the gas station and I said, Hey, uh, the car's overheating a little bit. I think the radiator's leaking. Would you uh, would you check under the hood if it's leaking? It's just a little bit. Would you check not under the hood, but under the car? Would you crawl under the car and look for a leak? And uh, he stuck his head as soon as he got it under the bumper. I hit the siren and the air horn at the same time. And, oh no! Uh, yeah, I came up, hit his head on that bumper, got a big. It's a wonder he didn't knock himself out cold. My first mistake was not rolling up the window before I did that. 
Um, oh no! <laughs> I I came out of that car and it was not voluntarily, and it oh no, it wasn't through an open door. Oh, and wow. uh, boy, he really, really, my good friend Bart Ward. Yeah, he Way he would to win friends and influence people there. Oh yeah, <laughs> he you know he he would uh, he got even with me. I I went into one time and and you know you always lock up the police car, always do. Well, I went into a, a gas station one time to use the facilities. Um, and, uh, I came back out and the police car was gone, totally gone. And, uh, I asked the girls there, Hey, did you see anybody drive off with my car? <laughs> no, and they were in on it and they're like, no, no, we haven't seen it. Didn't you park it over here? And I'm like, well, I did, but it's not there for 15 minutes. I sweated bullets. I thought for sure that police car had, had been stolen. Well, he had an extra set of keys to it, and he took it and parked it around back and hid it under uh, a couple of large bushes, behind some large bushes. And I really thought I was going to have to call into dispatch the county sheriff's office and report a stolen police car. And uh, that would have been highly embarrassing. I will tell you, Jim, you'll find this funny. Um, I used to drive down this alley in Stover. Every night on patrol, I'd drive down this alley, very narrow alley, only wide enough to get the police car down and maybe a couple of inches to clear both mirrors on, on both sides. Darker, as my friend would say, than the inside of a hairy dog one night. Extremely dark. <laughs> the city had, for some reason, decided to stockpile some wet asphalt, asphalt, did I say that right? Asphalt, asphalt, um, in that alley. Walt from one brick wall on the left to the other brick wall on the right, and they stacked it up about 15 to 16 feet high and probably about 15 to 20 feet deep. So it was it was really crazy. I go down there that night, and when you see black, wet asphalt in the middle of the night, it just kind of blends into the darkness, right? Right. So I drive down this alley, doing about 15, 20 miles an hour, and boom, right into it. Drove right smack into it. Buried the front end of my police car all the way up past the doors of my police car. I could not get out. I couldn't get out of the car. I couldn't back up. Um, There was enough space for me to crawl out of the window. For some reason, something about me and police cars and windows... So, I get out, and I, I, I try to back the car up on my own. I definitely don't want anybody to find out about this. Well, I can't get the car out. Prior to me driving down that alley, I had seen another, the other local officer that was on duty with me that, that night in his police car pulled up at, 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 right across the street from that other gas station talking to a deputy sheriff. So, And I knew he had a, a shovel in his trunk. So, I called him on the radio I told him where I was at. I said, I need your assistance. I need it now. He says, he responds on the radio, do you need me to expedite? Which means hurry, lights and siren. I was like, no, please don't. I said, I'm fine. I just need you to come down here right now. Well, I hear the sirens kick on anyway. He comes down and gets out of the car, snaps a Polaroid picture of the predicament and threatens to put it in the newspaper the next day. They hand me a shovel. They refuse to help me dig it out, from what I remember. 
it took me half the night to dig that car out. And the other, um, I worked overtime that morning just to get it down to the car wash and clean that wet stuff out of the engine compartment. It oh, was, it was as a, as a, somebody I met the other day used the term, it was a hot mess. So, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite a predicament. I, I, I'm going to have to tell you, I'm going to save it for the next show. I don't think I've talked about this on the air. Did I ever tell you the big possum story? I don't think so. Tune in next time when Jason says, I'm afraid I'm going to have to use lethal force. So we'll save that wow. for next show. Yeah, that's one of the that- funniest stories I think I've ever, the funniest things I've ever done and had happened to me. But we'll save Is that, that for like next show. set phasers on kill? Not quite. Not quite. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Anyway, I'm taking this, an- I'll just give you a brief description, but I'll give you the details next week. I'm taking this animal control call. I've got a stubborn possum that's pretty much dragging me around the yard. I'm sorry, just the way yeah. you worded that. Oh, yeah. He was, he was stubborn. He was stubborn, and he was, he was he could have been on one of these shows called Monster Mammals or something like that. <laughs> anyway. reasonable too? As I'm radioing in a few things to dispatch, the neighboring agency, the, the county sheriff's department, thought I was in a struggle with a human being. Oh, no. Yeah, and they started running code and yelling, what's he got, what's he got? Well, tune in next time when you hear the rest of the story, as Paul says. Uh, so, <laughs> Paul Harvey, yeah. i tell you what, I'm going to write a book one of these days. Of all the weird and funny things I've had happen to me as a police officer. Crazy stuff. Funny, some of it funny, some of it embarrassing. But anyway, let's get moving along with the tracker. Hey, do you remember um, a couple of years back, a family found a bunch of ancient, well, I won't say ancient, very old gold coins in their backyard, and the government took them from them did you hear about that was this they, was this the one in england no this was in i believe california it was here in the united states they claimed that those coins were stolen in a bank robbery the problem being is of course uh the the fdic i think was i'm not sure it, they were insured either through the fdic or private insurance either way the bank had already been reimbursed for the loss of those coins but the government stepped in and took them anyway. So, oh. that would make me furious. Hey, if you ever find anything big or huge or something of valuable, number one rule, keep your mouth shut. Right. Yeah. Melt it and down, don't... tear it up, do whatever you got to do, part and part it out. Don't go, hey, I just found this, you know. There's a guy in California... Don't... Go ahead. Whatever you do, don't steal because the government hates competition. That's right. That's that's exactly right. (laughs) There is a guy in California that recently found a gold nugget the size of a T-bone steak, 18 ounces. And guess how much it was worth? Guess how much? I I, I couldn't. Okay, $70,000. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of T-bone. Yeah, I could take you out to dinner for that. <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know? So, 
And you, I would too, Jim. Just to let you know, I would. I so. appreciate that. I, I mean, Jason, we we could get in a lot of trouble with that kind of money. Yeah, <laughs> let's do and it. And have yeah. a good time doing it. We could get in a lot of trouble without that kind of money too, but yeah, we, well, we could pretend we had that much money and get in, in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, I have often, man, wouldn't it be great to find something like that? I'll tell you what I would like to find. I, I do a little metal detecting a couple of times a year on the side. I would love to find a really cool historical artifact. I really would. Either a ring, part of a gun, wouldn't even mind finding an old west body buried out in the desert. That would be cool. Might be a little creepy, but, you know. That's okay, I'll protect you. Yeah, thank you very much. The only... <laughs> I. I went out to White Oaks, New Mexico, which is the ghost town that we mentioned in one of our shows back uh, recently. Um, did a little metal detecting there with my brother, Paul, and found some really, really cool stuff. Most of them were just like old nails. There was an old hinge from what looked like a, a jewelry box. But then, in the corner of an old adobe ruin, uh, it was like an old adobe house with just the corner standing up. In that very corner, we found an old shell from a rifle. It had some markings on it. The shell did... I'm, I'm familiar with firearms. I had never seen a shell like this. I went back, got on the internet, and put in the markings and found out that it was a shell from... I believe it was a Winchester that had only been produced in 1878. So that was kind of cool. What was the vital statistics on, on the shell? Um, I couldn't tell you off offhand. I just don't remember. Okay. I'll, okay. And, and I'll try to dig that up late, later and, and see if I can uh, get the details on that. But, uh, yeah, uh, metal detecting is really, really cool. I would love to go to Florida and spend about a month uh, metal detecting the beaches. Because they say after a big storm, you can still find uh, Spanish gold coins on every now and then down there. Oh, so, wow. Speaking of found things, boy, this is, what se this is called the Segway episode, I'm telling you. This is really a weird story, and it happened in a weird place. The place was, and this is kind of like an oxymoron, like jumbo shrimp. This is Manhattan, Kansas. Manhattan, intelligence? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, that's a place that wanted to be named. They wanted to grow into a big city, and that's the best they could do. Anyway, a college student in Kansas returned to his car to find that a passing candy thief had stolen a Kit Kat bar from his cup holder. Kind of odd, that's right? Some pretty, that's some pretty desperate stuff. He left his car for 15 minutes in front of the dorms, and he came back to the candy bar, the Kit Kat candy bar being good. But the thief left a handwritten note on a napkin in place of the stolen candy, offering an apology for the theft. It said, and I'm going to quote word for word, Saw Kit Kat in your cup holder. I love Kit Kats, so I checked your door, and it was unlocked. Did not take anything other than the Kit Kat. I am sorry and hungry. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what What do you that think? Sounds about like something that? we would we would do in college with each other, right? We wouldn't with do that. Each other. At, we yeah, wouldn't do yeah. that at the local mall. No, no, no. How many times did you put something in the refrigerator, looking forward to go to it the next day, and it was gone? Did that ever happen to you? No, I got lucky that way. There was you, a few of about, us that didn't. You talk about it in the dormitory, right? Yes. Yeah. There, there was no. a few every now and then that didn't get so lucky. Not, no, it wasn't an ongoing everyday thing. 
No, I remember that. I remember people. I remember being in there when somebody went into the uh, the the fridge, opened to find something that they had lawfully purchased for themselves, and lo and behold, it was it had gone. Vanished. Yep. Yeah. And no note. <laughs> no, no note. No. No apologies. Nope. I remember some people being very angry about that kind of stuff. Oh, I, I remember one time at the uh, end of a weekly devotion after church. I was furious because my, of all things, not any food, but my iron had been swiped. It was missing. And I remember, um, I think I used the, the phrase, and I'll use it word for word, God help me and you both if I catch you with it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jeffries just kind of looked at me, our dorm supervisor. So, yeah. Mr. Mr. Jeffries was awesome. I, I think uh, the the motto for a few of p- the people there, the, their favorite song would have been Steal Away and Pray. You know, so, um, anyway, yeah. So, hey, um, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break right here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Sudsy Soapery, and we'll be right back. Folks, I want to tell you a little secret. I quit buying soap. I quit buying soap and shaving cream. I quit buying them at the stores because I'm now doing what thousands of others are now doing. I want to tell you about SudsySoapery.com. They're makers of natural and therapeutic soap and shaving products. For me, they're creating a new and rejuvenating experience. I've turned my bathroom into a personal spa, and I'm feeling refreshed again. And here's another little secret. Get a 10% discount at checkout by using the discount code JASON. Check them out at SudsySoapery.com. And welcome back to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. Uh, Jim, let's get into our quotes of the week, and I will let you go first. Okay, this is a Jim Nelson original. A Jim Nelson original. A Jim Nelson original. I threw those shirts out a long time ago, but go ahead. Yes, yes. Locking doors is how we say I love you to those we leave behind. Okay, I... and I, am I to get this right that that what that means is for their safety and security? Yes, when we absolutely. Yep, when Anytime we physically leave, leave, the leave house, them. Yeah, yeah. When you leave the house, make sure those doors are locked. Yep. Boy, we could get into a whole discussion there about the refugees situation, but we won't. So, Whoa. I found a good one, Jim, this week, and I think it applies to you. Uh oh. A little bit, and I mean this in a good way. The quote is from James Madison. You remember that guy? Yep. That's old man Madison's son. Anyway, um, <laughs> his quote is, Philosophy is common sense with big words. So simple and yet so profound. I resemble, I mean, I resent that remark. Right, right. So, yeah, good quotes of the week. Uh, shout out time, Jim. Who, who do you got? Anybody? Well, I ha- I, oh, yeah, I, I owe... I owe last week's shout-out an apology and, and a correct pronunciation. I mispronounced this young lady's name last week. Oh. The the correct pronunciation is Christy Ryle. Okay. Hi, Christy. Hello, and, Christy. And, and in honor of Christy, I have to share this amazing dessert she told me about. Oh, a dessert. Is it oh. sugar-free? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's have it anyway. Okay. Let's just lie and say it is. No. <laughs> uh, you'll 
you take a uh, you, you make a, a normal pan of brownies. Uh huh. Just regular normal brownies, and you make up a big bowl of pistachio pudding. I like it already. Yes, it's pretty. You already see where this is headed. Yeah, and the great thing about it is it's sugar free. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jason, I'm okay. You are, you are aware where liars go, right? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> to that other network, <laughs> to the hot place. Um, <laughs> and you, you know, you cut, you cut yourself. You wait until it's cool, right? Cut yourself up a brownie, and spoon, ladle, or otherwise affix <laughs> some pistachio pudding on top of that brownie, and oh my goodness. Hmm. You, you may you may turn into a diabetic, but it may be worth it. I I'm I'm gonna have to try that sometime. I do have to tell that you, is phenom. It, it's even better. This is the thing. It sounds really good. And uh-huh. when she told me about it, I'm sitting there going, "That sounds awesome." No, it was better than that. Okay, it I, seriously was. You got it. You got to do well, it. Well, I think I can very easily do that because you may or may not know that the area that I live in, in Oterra County, is like king of the world for pistachios. Oh, Jason, you yeah. shouldn't have told me that. Yeah, we I will be moving there now. We have pistachio uh, orchards on. About every, probably less than every three miles in this area, there's a, a pistachio orchard. We have, stupid, and I'll put a picture question. of it on the blog. Get, we ha- we have the world's largest pistachio nut. I'll put a picture of it on the blog. Oh wow! Yeah, it's really cool. Stupid question. Okay. Being that you are positioned where you are on yes. the globe, in the in the Holy Land for the the, the holiest of nuts. The pistachio. <laughs> Do you get the idea? I like pistachio. Um, well, Jim, I'll tell you what. I will send you a bag. I was going to ask, is is the price of pistachios there in the world any better than um, elsewhere? Possibly, just because we don't have the shipping expenses, you know, to get them locally. But not much. I mean, you can get a, a bag for anywhere from, depending on the size of the bag... A small bag will run you, a very, very small bag will run you about $4 to 5 A medium-sized bag will run you 6 to 7 A large-sized bag, anywhere from 12 to 20 And when I say a large-sized bag, I'm talking like half a pillowcase. Uh, oh, may, no, that is a good price. May, maybe, maybe not quite a half, maybe three-quarters of a half. Is that oh, a fraction? No. Yeah, somewhere around there. You get the idea. Three Big quarters bag. of a half? Yeah. <laughs> Three quarters of a half. That's Somewhere around a third. I'm using that new common core math. Yeah. <laughs> common so, core math. Don't get me started. I'm dealing with stuff at my son's school right now. Got most oh, of that Lord. taken care of. I'll tell you more about that later when the lights go out. So, yeah. But the pistachio nuts are great here. They they really are. I... um. I sent a little care package to one of my listeners of my syndicated show earlier this year uh, out in Virginia, a bag of pistachio nuts. They have a little device here, Jim, I'll have to send you two, called a pistachio opener. You know how when you get a bag of pistachio nuts, when you open up a nut, sometimes there's just one nut that you cannot get open with your bare hands? Right. Yeah, I don't have that problem anymore. I have these little tools. I bought one for here and one for the office. Um, that opens every single pistachio nut every single time. 
Nice. Yep, good stuff. So, yep. Um, I'm going to give a shout out real quick to one of or Alamogordo's other large nuts, uh, Chez Sanchez, who will be, uh, you know, we play his show quite regularly on the Big Basin. Um, Chez will be uh, uploading videos. TheBigBasin.com is now the official broadcast and sponsor of the Alamogordo uh, roller derby team. I haven't seen roller derby since I watched the uh, an episode of Chips in the 70s. <laughs> so you probably remember that one. Um, Thank you, Eric Estrada. Yep, Eric Estrada. Wow. Estrada. Yep. Est- yep. So uh, I'm I was trying anxious. to be fancy. It didn't work. Yeah, well, you know, it's those R's. Um, but I, I will be going at least to part of a, a roller game tomorrow, which is Saturday morning, first airing of this. I'm anxious to see how that goes. So we're also doing, I forgot to tell you, we're doing the United Way Chili Cook-Off, uh, November 12th. We're going to be broadcasting live that morning, Jim. Uh, probably somewhere between 10 a.m. Mountain Time and uh, 4 p.m. So, uh, either 2 or 4 p.m. But anyway, we'll be on the air live for four to six hours that Saturday morning from a chili cook-off. So that'll be interesting and fun. So I'm looking forward to that. I really am. Chez and I are going to be working a table together. Uh, I got, Jim, this is really cool. I went to, I got, I ordered some flyers from Staples. Now, I ordered them online. When you get the color staples, they are the color copies, they're 52 cents a piece. Well, I wanted about four of them. I couldn't afford to get a hundred of them. So I ordered, um, no, I, I ordered five of them, color copies of this flyer I made. And I told them I wanted two of them laminated. And then I ordered a hundred black and white ones. Lady calls me up and says, I'm so sorry. Would it be okay if we gave you a hundred color copies? And I said, I can't afford those. She goes, no charge. We just made a mistake. Oh, yeah. Give me the color copies. So did you get the picture I sent you of the flyer? I texted it to you. Yeah. Did you get it? That's funny. So, yeah, I got those color copies. We're going to be giving them out at the Chili Cook-Off. That is really cool. I'm looking forward. Chez will be there. We'll be promoting both of our shows and broadcasting live that day. So Good stuff. You mentioned you might have an app earlier or just the recipe? No, no, no. I, I don't have an app. The recipe was <clears throat> was my way okay. of apologizing for not having an app. If... Well, here's here's my app of the week. There's an app called Radio Tuner. I'm a radio nut. I love listening to radio. I love old-time radio. I love talk radio. Um, radio Tuner will let you pick up just about almost any internet radio station, some of which broadcast on our FM and AM stations, too, as well. So that's... And I've had that app for several years. I absolutely love it. I used to have the Shoutcast app, which I liked even better, but they uh, Shoutcast has discontinued that app. So... Anyway, I read a great story. I got to I got to tell you this story, Jim. This is really funny. <clears throat> An elderly lady down in Florida called 911 on her cell phone. She said her car had been broken into. She was hysterical on the phone. She says to dispatch, "They've stolen the stereo, the steering wheel, the brake pedal, and even the accelerator." The dispatcher said, "Stay calm. An officer is just a few minutes out." Well, a few minutes later, the dispatcher, uh, the police, gets on the radio, the police officer, calls dispatch and says, disregard the car, the, the call. Apparently, she got in the back seat by mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, that's awful. 
<coughs> it is, isn't it? And the, the funny thing is, it's just crazy enough to be true. You don't know those things. There's a lot of those myths. I think next week, <clears throat> I don't have time now, but um, next week I'm thinking maybe the 16 police comments that were taken off actual police car videos around the country. That would make for a good episode. Tune so, in next week yeah. when Jason says... Yeah, we got a quota, two more tickets, and my wife gets a toaster oven. <laughs> Which, I've used that before. I have. Yep, sure have. So... Oh, goodness. Oh, we'll, we'll go through all 16 of them next week. So, uh, my favorite one, though, and I did use this quite a bit, when I pull somebody over and issue them a citation, they say, well, can I just get a written warning? I said, I already gave you a written warning. They said, when? I said, when you drove back that si past that speed limit sign back there. That was your written warning. So. Right. I actually, I wrote a gospel track one time, Jim, called The Written Warning. I will have to find a copy of that and... And send it to Inter you. Interesting. So, yep, yep. So, um, I, being a cop is fun. Sometimes you just get to respond with the most smart alecky, <laughs> silliest questions, you know. But uh, but that's not fair, right? You got a badge and a gun, and then sarcasm. That's just like overkill. Yeah, it's a, it's what I call. <laughs> It's it's what I call adding insult to injury, right? Oh, is I wasn't aware there was a, a litigious term for that. Yes. You've never, have you ever heard of the phrase adding insult to injury? Oh yes. Okay. I, now I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. My sarcasm level goes up really high when I'm giving it, but the meter doesn't read it all the time when I'm getting it. So you know what I mean? Oh, you were joking, you know. I, I was. Th these are the jokes, folks. I was probably the first guy to fall, you know, to look up and make sure that the word gullible wasn't in the dictionary. Oh, no. So, not really. I, I'm stretching it a little bit, but, uh, uh, yeah. Which is which is why you should have been a police officer in Mayberry. Yeah, right. I, I'm the guy that I, I will read the Facebook post that says, you realize you it's impossible uh, for you to touch your upper lip with the very tip of your tongue, and then, you know, you you scroll down, it says, and I'll bet you just tried this. Yeah, that's me. I'm that guy. Oh, right. look, there's that phrase again. I'm that, that other guy. guy. I'll be that other guy. So, I, I had yeah, a good... because that guy is already taken. He's taken, yeah. Joe, that guy, Martin, I had a good talk with him. We talked about ham radios tonight. Oh, and you and know who he's taken by? I, I promised him real quick. I got to put this in. One moment. We're gonna. Here's Joe. I got him on the radio right now. I got him on on, on right now. I'm gonna add him in. Hang on. Here he is. Okay. Hello. This is Joe. That guy Martin. I just wanted to let you know how much I love your show. Ann and I look forward to each new episode and has become almost an addiction. I need my biscuits and gravy fix. Keep up the great work. Thanks and have a great night. So yeah, that's what Joe, that guy Martin, sounds like. And of course, you know, like I said, I I'm that other guy because. That name Joe is... Joe Martin is taken. Yes, it is. By Mrs. Martin. By Mrs. Martin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So... And Mrs. Martin's over there with her arms crossed going, you got that right. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> She's probably rolling her eyes going, those two guys are nutty. Yes. We're a couple of pistachio nuts. So... Wow. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's see. What else we got going on? I lost my tracker. It went down. It was minimized. Minimized. 
I got some new contact lenses this week. Those are working great. I can actually read stuff on the screen now. So, I think... Oh, we better cover this. Uh, folks, make sure that your cell phones are set to receive Amber Alerts and Emergency Alerts. Also, don't forget to check out uh, our our fantastic website. I love saying that, Jim. I That's really do. That's a great name. Our fantastic website at... Our fantastic website.com. Yes. I don't think we could have come up with a better uh, website <laughs> domain than that. I sit around <laughs> thinking of these things up, you know, thinking thinking these things up, and I get online and sometimes... Um, I, I, there was one website when I wanted one time that said uh, it was something like it had it had to do with a smile. Uh, this oh it was thismakesmesmile.com. I had an idea to use that. When I went to to see if it was available, it was it was for sale for like uh, eighteen hundred dollars. And I my first thought, well, this doesn't make me smile. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So oh, by the way, I got a comment about last week's show. The title last week was. Psycho Grins and Subservient Chickens. Wow. Yeah. So I got a comment uh, from Mrs. Martin that she absolutely loved the title of that show that last week. So <laughs> anyway, well, Jim, I think it's about time we put this puppy to bed. Aww. So I know, right? So M-I-C-K-E-Y. Um, boy, I haven't heard that song Why? in a long time. Because we like you. And we like biscuits and gravy. Biscuits so, and gravy. Yep. Now, Jim, I promised you last week that I would let you have the word, last word. So, um, I'm going to say this. Two things. Sudsysopery.com and Green Chili is King. Take it away, Jim. Don't forget to activate your Amber Alerts on your phone. The life you save may be someone you care about. <laughs> <laughs>